Welcome to That's What She Said, a podcast of sermons at Galileo Christian Church, Disciples of Christ. Galileo exists to seek and shelter spiritual refugees, who for us are people for whom the church has become boring, irrelevant, exclusive, or even painful, especially people who have been pushed out because of their gender or sexuality. If you yourself are a spiritual refugee, we're especially glad you're listening. We're in a Lenten season worship series called We're Gonna Need a Bigger Boat. We are reading the early stories of Jesus's ministry in Matthew's gospel, but we're reading them in anticipation of the holiest week, which is coming up. It starts in just uh, three Sundays from now, and that whole entire week we'll think through the very, very end, the last week, literally, of Jesus's life with us. Uh, his ministry with us. And so I'm reading tonight from Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 16. It's a continuation picking up directly from where we left off last week in chapter 4. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he began to speak, and he taught them, saying, "'Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven.'" Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of justice, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice, be glad. For your reward is great in heaven. In the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. Now, if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything. It's thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill can't be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lamp stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You are the charismatic mastermind. You spend months studying the schematics, making your plan. You know you're gonna need one of each, a wild-eyed explosive expert, a jittery safe cracker, a tight-lipped marksman, a spectrumy tech genius, a sexy smart girl decoy, a dim bulb muscle man, a driver with a filthy mouth and wicked fast reflexes. 
You'll assemble the perfect team to accomplish one last job, the last trick you'll ever turn, the heist to end all heists. It's not about the money, not for you. It's about obliterating their false sense of security. It's about righting the wrongs that got them to the top and left you at the bottom. It's about repairing your own reputation, the one they tried so hard to ruin. It's about David versus Goliath, where the little guy finally gets his due as the giant hits the ground with a wondrous thud. Such is the plot of a thousand thousand heist movies. Inside Man, Logan Lucky, Ocean's Eleven, that deliciously weird kaleidoscope thing on Netflix that served up episodes in random order to each viewer. The plots of heist movies all work essentially the same. You get the best people you can find for each necessary role in your intricate plot. You promise each of them an equal share of an unbelievably rich pot at the end of the rainbow, and you all get to work making it happen. What could go wrong? So here's Jesus, the charismatic mastermind of his own heist movie. In all four gospels, he spends the greater part of the story in preparation for that one final move. On our calendar, it's a scant few weeks until he's going to give everybody the agreed-upon signal and they will take off toward Jerusalem, just as they've talked about, toward the fortified Temple Mount, zeroing in on a wildly public space so he can make a wildly public scene. And just as he has planned, this move is what's going to get him into the halls of imperial power where he can pull off his master plan, Take on the powers that be in a showdown so complex, so subtle, they'll imagine for a good several days, maybe even several centuries, that they've actually won. While he lays low, patiently biding his time until the big reversal in the last scene, the deus ex machina that turns it all around for those in the know. But I'm getting a little ahead of the story. First, he's got to get that team together, right? So last week, we read how he recruited some muscle right off the bat, the brothers fishermen who cleared their schedules to stay close to him, and how he put out an all call for potential help by doing big favors for everyone he met and letting them tag along to see if he really had what it took. Or in Matthew's words at the end of chapter 4, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, curing every disease and every sickness among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all the sick, those who were afflicted with various diseases and pains, demoniacs, epileptics, paralytics, yada, yada. He cured them, and great crowds followed him from Galilee, Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, from beyond the Jordan, etc. So he's got a deep pool of applicants to draw from. See? Good planning. And this week, chapter 5, it's time to start refining. He's got to get more explicit about exactly what he's looking for to fill out his team. He finds a good seat on a hillside. He asks if everybody can hear him okay. And then he says, listen up. I'm looking for some talent to help me take down some big fish. It's going to take some time. We'll have to work together. You'll have to follow my lead into some pretty dicey situations. I cannot guarantee your safety, but I can promise you this. If you'll come with me, and if we pull this thing off, you're going to want to tell your grandchildren that you were there. 
I can't give you a lot of details right now, but I can say with 99% confidence that some people who have had their boot on your neck for a long damn time are going to look mighty foolish when we're done. What do you think? The crowd on the hillside is restless, noncommittal. A few people shoot their hands into the air right away, but many more of them are holding out for more information. A handful of folks get up and just leave fast, shaking their heads as they hustle down the hill. Okay, 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 Jesus says. Let me tell you exactly what I'm looking for. The skill set we've got to put together so this thing can really fly. I've, uh, I've made a list somewhere, and he, he digs through the deep pockets of his dress until he finds a, I think it's a greasy receipt from that falafel place. And on the back, he has scribbled some notes, and now he starts to read what he's got. All right, okay, this is what we're going to need, he says. And he proceeds to read his bullet list from the back of that receipt, a theoretical collection of people pulled from his own mastermind. As he reads, confusion mounts. I mean, for real, the first half of his list describes folks so pitiful, they are defined exclusively by what they cannot do and do not have and cannot get. Okay, we got to have some poor in spirit, he says. Meaning, I think, the ones who have tried their hardest to have faith, to believe this shit to trust that God is still paying attention to this world God still supposedly loves. But poor in spirit maybe means you just can't anymore, if you ever really did. Uh, We're going to need the mourners, he says, meaning that he has reserved space on this team for those who are seriously sad, grieving losses that have left gaping holes in their hearts, unable, unwilling to move past all that's been taken from them. And the meek, he says, yes, the meek, meaning he's looking for the anxious or autistic, the ones who nobody knows what they sound like because they never voluntarily make a noise. And the ones who are starving, I mean, absolutely parched for some justice, he says, actually hopeful to recruit some who are frustrated and fearful, resentful of the systems that keep them that way helpless to change their own trajectory because they've been slotted in like cattle going to slaughter in a narrow feedlot chute. He looks up from his scribbled list. Y'all still with me? Okay, that's going to be half the team right there. Okay, Mm, let's see. Did I get everybody? I got poor in spirit. I got mourners. I got meek, hungry and thirsty for justice. Yep. Okay. Okay. So for the other half, we're going to be calling on some uh, different experiences. Okay, here we go. Um, First, some who are merciful. You know, like when somebody does something really damaging to them, their impulse is to forgive rather than hit back, like just letting people off the hook for the really terrible stuff they do. Merciful. Okay. Um, And then a couple pure in heart. Anybody? No capacity for bullshit. No masks, no manipulation. Always truthful, plain spoken, clear. If caught, we'll totally give the rest of the team up. Pure in heart. Um, We're also going to need some peacemakers. A few who have no stomach for conflict, who will do anything just to keep people talking to each other, who value relationship over everything else, who will not fight no matter what, okay? And last, definitely not least, just to round it out, we're looking for a few good persecutees, 
Is that a word? Jesus says. I think I just made that up. Anyways, some of y'all have been really ground pounded by the powers, bullied and scapegoated till your very lives are in danger. They are writing legislation to try and disappear you from the world they think is theirs. Congratulations, you are the linchpin for this whole exercise. So the people on the hillside have been sorting themselves into little clusters as he talks, finding their comrades for the coming operation. Peacemakers over here, mourners over there, poor in spirit up front, persecutees back yonder. He surveys the shuffle and smiles his wildly infectious smile. Congratulations, friends. You're all in. Peter and Andrew, James and John are immune to the infectious smile, however. They are dumbstruck with disbelief and embarrassed by their own impulsiveness. They don't say a word, but their looks at each other say all there is to say. We gave up boats and nets and like wives for this? This scraggly gaggle of losers has about as much chance to overthrow the powers in Jerusalem as a snowball's chance in Gehenna. I mean, if they'd ever seen a snowball, they might have said something like that. But Jesus is on a roll. He's tossing out congratulations like beads at a Mardi Gras parade. Y'all are amazing, he says to the whole assembly. Salt of the earth right here. The flavor the world cannot live without. Making pasta, throw some salt in that water. Am I right? Making rice, get some salt in that pan. Making beans, salt. Cooking meat, salt. Peeling a squishy sweet mango for your kids, tahin. Popping corn for that movie, salt and some nutritional yeast. Trust me on that one. Chocolate chip cookies right out of the oven. Have you tried sprinkling a little kosher salt on top so it melts into the sweetness? Mm? I might be hungry, he admits, but my point is, that's you making everything better, making life better, making the world better, because now you're with me and you are the salt of the earth, you lovely, lonely, lost losers. You are delicious and beautiful and necessary. What I'm about to do, I could not do without you. I'm saying thank you, thank you, and thanks be to God. The crowd is attentive, but perhaps not quite convinced. One brave soul raises their hand. They're sitting with the pure in heart folks, so they kind of can't not say it. We hear you, Jesus, they say, but it's just, I mean, what are we supposed to, you know, do? <laughs> oh, honey, Jesus says, it's not about what you do. It's about who you are. It's about understanding that the sum total of all that you are, including the things you thought were wrong with you, all the things somebody told you to fix about yourself, are exactly why I love you. You're too sad, you're too puny, you're too beat up, you're too traumatized and conflict avoidant and angry and faithless and hopeless. Is that what they told you? Well, now you're on my team. And we've got this thing we're gonna do together. And it involves the reign of God and poking fun at a certain Caesar and wrecking some furniture, wait for it, and making very religious people very, very, very anxious. Are you in? Well, yeah, I mean, of course they're in because these people don't really have much else to do. 
Their lives are not packed with high-powered jobs and prestigious family names and assets to manage and reputations to protect. Their calendars are pretty empty, actually, so, yeah, they're in. And Jesus, now sensing that he's got a little momentum going, decides to ride that wave with one more metaphor. He's always got one more. Basically, here's the job description, he says. Y'all are the light of the world. You're going to illuminate what has been invisible up to now. Expose what has been secret up to now. All you got to do is get out there and be you. Be seen. Don't hide from the powers that be. Don't hide behind me or my name. Don't hide in your safe spaces or your closets. Come on out. Show yourself the whole strong, broken, beat up, beautiful human that you are. And the ugliness of the systems that broke you down will be exposed in your light. The pettiness of the bullies that beat you up will be revealed. Sleeping souls will be awakened by the blazing sun of your brilliance. You are the light of the world. Come with me and shine on, you crazy diamonds. So, yeah, it's a little less than four weeks away, and that's who he's going in with. It's 2,000 years later, and look around. That's who he's going in with. Congratulations. You're in. Thanks for listening to That's What She Said. This podcast is preached almost always by our lead evangelist, Reverend Dr. Katie Hayes. Galileo Church has five missional priorities. We do justice for LGBTQ plus people and those who love them. We do kindness to those in mental and emotional distress and celebrate neurodiversity. We do beauty for our God who is beautiful. We do real relationship, no bullshit, ever. And we do whatever it takes to share this good news with the world God still loves. To support the production of this podcast and the ongoing missional priorities of this church, go to GalileoChurch.org and click on Conspire With Us. You'll have options to use your Venmo or PayPal or use your credit card or bank account. Any amount helps. And if you're kind enough to share your contact information with us, we'll continually send you thanks. Peace. Peace.